Um, look, if you have your copy of the scripture, turn with me to the book of Jonah. A uh, tiny little book in the Old Testament. Uh, I don't know if it helps you, but it's right after Obadiah and right before Micah. Uh, if, if you know where those two books are, you can find Jonah. Some of you might have to look in the uh, little directory in the front of your Bible and find out which page it's on. Uh, tiny little book, but we're going to take a, a few weeks to go through uh, the book of, of Jonah. Uh, an amazing story of, of God's mercy and His grace. And uh, we want to take some time to, um, to go through that together as, as a church. Um, we're just going to read for you the, the first three verses of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, uh, beginning of verse 1, says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come out before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let's just pray. Our great Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your word. And we pray, God, that we be guided through it together as your church. God, may your Holy Spirit reveal your great mercies to us as your church. God, teach us your ways and help us, God, to be more like you, to be drawn into your love and to allow your love and your mercy to transform our lives, that we, God, will share that love and that mercy with others. God, guide us through your precious word this morning. Speak through me, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, some of you who um, have been around church for a while, maybe you grew up in, in Sunday school or you remember some of these Bible stories from scripture teaching or whatever that is. Many of you know the story of, of Jonah, and uh, some will say Jonah in the whale. The Bible says Jonah and a great fish. Uh, but Jonah being thrown overboard, and, and a, a, a big fish swallows him up, and uh, he's in this fish for three days or three nights, and uh, then he's spit back up onto the shore, and he goes and he preaches to the people of Nineveh. And uh, then what happens, the people of Nineveh convert to, to Christ. They, they, uh, they ask God for forgiveness, and God forgives them. And then uh, the book ends by Jonah becoming upset because God has forgiven the people that he just preached to because Jonah doesn't like the people of Nineveh very much. So we want to take some time to actually dissect this story because although some of you remember it quite well as uh, Jonah and, and the big fish or Jonah and the whale, we sometimes uh, skip over what the, the book is all about. And sometimes it, it's good to just relook at uh, some, some familiar stories uh, to see what uh, the book itself is, uh, is written to us for as a church. You see, Jonah is um, kind of an oddly placed uh, prophet in the Old Testament. He's listed here as one of the, the minor prophets, and we've spoken recently about the Bible and how that's kind of outlined a bit. Uh, Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets, not that his message wasn't important, but that he's just a small book uh, in the Old Testament. And, uh, but most of the other prophets, in fact, all the other prophets, are about the prophecy that they spoke. And so uh, while each of them tend to begin the same way, saying the word of the Lord came to Micah, or the word of the Lord came to uh, Amos, or the word of the Lord came to Jonah, they begin the same way. But the rest of the books tend to be about the message that they spoke to uh, the people of the northern tribes of, of Israel or, uh, or the tribes of Judah. Jonah is actually a book 
about Jonah and about his walk with the Lord and actually about his refusal to follow God and to uh, initially his refusal to follow God and to preach the word that, uh, that God gives him. And I think we, uh, we need to take time to, um, to look at the story, to see about Jonah's life, to see about those he ministered to, those he was called to serve, and about see how God's mercy played out uh, throughout all of this story. If, um, if we see Jonah as just a story about God, a man, and a fish, then uh, it loses its meaning. Because all of this story, all of this book, is a story about God's amazing mercy. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I've always been amazed by God's mercy. I'm just amazed at how He just keeps on loving us. He keeps on giving us what we don't deserve. Now, maybe that's because I think my life's pretty messed up, and I think I mess up different times, and I think, God, you just keep on loving me. You keep on leading me back on the right path. And I'm just astounded by God's mercy and grace. And as we, it's important for us to look as a church at God's mercy in books like Jonah that we can see that God is not just God for those who are always faithful to Him. God is not just God of mercy to those who, who always do what's right, who always tick the boxes and seem to kind of live the right way all the time. God is a God of mercy, full stop. He's a God of mercy for, for so many people. And we want to look at different kind of areas of God's mercy uh, throughout this, uh, this series on, uh, on Jonah. Let me first paint the, the picture for you about Jonah and the people of Nineveh. You see, it, it, sounds, it sounds pretty much like the, the other prophets when he begins by saying, the Lord uh, sent his message, his word to Jonah and says, go and preach to the people of Nineveh and preach against it because their sins have come up before me. Because that's what the prophets did. They went and preached against the sin of the people and said, if you don't turn, then God will destroy you or that sin will lead to the city's destruction or to your destruction. And uh, Jonah would have been quite happy about that message, about preaching against that. Because Jonah did not like uh, the people of Nineveh. Nineveh was um, a, a, a capital city there, a, a big city in, um, uh, for the... Uh, Assyrians, who uh, were a violent uh, and aggressive people, a dangerous people, a people who seemed to care for no one. And the nation of Israel itself had been attacked uh, over and over by, by their armies, and they had had uh, their cities pillaged. They'd seen the damage that these sort of people uh, had caused. And they've seen them do it to people, uh, people group after people group all around them. He's seen the destruction that uh, these Ninevites, these people in this great proud city can cause. They didn't seem to care about anybody. They just seemed to live in sin and live for whatever they wanted to do. It was a place where anything goes. And uh, Jonah was quite happy to see this city destroyed, I think. He was quite happy to say, yep, God is going to destroy you if you don't change your ways. But then it begins in verse 3 to say, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. And you see, that's because Jonah, being the prophet of the Lord, he knew the Lord. He knew how God responds 
to people, even sinful, awful people like these Assyrians, these, these Ninevites. He, he knows that if people will turn to God, even though they're, they're sinful, vile, detestable people and they live horrible lives, he knows that if they decide to turn to God, God will show mercy. And Jonah doesn't want these people to receive mercy. He doesn't want anything to do with, with leading these people to God. He wants to see them destroyed. He's quite happy. All right, well, if they're going to be destroyed from their sin, let them be destroyed. And he just goes uh, his own way. Or he tries to go his own way. And we'll see over and over throughout the, uh, the four chapters of this book. It's a small book, but a lot of great stories of God's mercy and God's grace. We'll see that we'll see God's mercy for those who decide not to trust in Him, who decide not to follow Him. We decide, we'll see God's mercy for those who do follow Him and those who surrender to His will. We will see God's mercy for those who decide to turn to Him, even in those final hours uh, who have decided to turn from their sin and trust in God. And we'll see God's mercy even for those who disagree with Him who don't think that he's handling things the right way, God continues to show mercy. First of all, here in chapter 1, we see God's mercy to sinful people. And we see this first off in, in verse 2 where it says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now here, he's saying, God says, look, I have seen the, the sins of the people. And while I hate that sin, I love the people. And you need to preach to them where their sin is, heading, is leading them. You need to preach to them that they need to come and trust in me. I want to show mercy because I see these people who are going down the wrong path they're causing a world of destruction, and I want to show them mercy. It was a great Assyrian city. Now, um, it was probably a small city as compared to, it wasn't size of Sydney or anything like that. And in fact, um, they think it was only about three miles wide, uh, the whole city, but there were around 120,000 people that lived either just inside the city walls or, uh, or just outside the area that would be considered uh, the people of Nineveh. But again, it was a very corrupt people, a sinful people, evil warriors who had been warring against Israel and their surrounding people uh, for, for some time. And God says, I see their sins and I see what they're doing. I see that wrong. And I, I know the, the bad things that you know about plus so much more. And there are people who need my mercy. So go and preach the word to them. Go and speak to them on my behalf. These people had not trusted God, and yet God decided to show them mercy. We want to also see that God not only shows mercy here, but He shows mercy to those who live in fear rather than in faith. Now, Jonah, in verse 3, says he ran away from the Lord. And headed to Tarshish. Now, this wasn't just a no, I don't want to serve you. Or no, I don't want to follow you. Or no, God, I think that's a bad decision. He ran. He ran as far away from, uh, far away in the opposite direction as he could. Now, 
Although the, the location of, uh, of Tarshish is not quite certain, we do know that uh, it was a long way off. And in fact, um, there are references like in, in Psalm chapter 72, verse 10, that equate it with, with distant places. When it talks about the, the kings of Tarshish and of distant lands. The location of the city itself is not actually important, but the direction that, uh, that Jonah was going is, and that is that he was moving as far away from, uh, from where God called him as he could. He was moving away from God. He was moving away from the people that God wanted him to serve, and um, he was going his own way. Jonah's faith was weak, and he was filled with with fear and uncertainty of what might happen if he goes and, uh, and preaches to these people. Maybe he was afraid for his life because these people were known for persecuting uh, the, the, the people of Israel. They were known as hating the people of Israel. And so maybe he was fearful of his own life if he went in and said, hey, the way you're living, you know how you're destroying all the cities around? You know how you're persecuting our people? Well, you need to stop that or my God's going to destroy you. Maybe he was afraid of his own life, for his own life. Maybe he was afraid, actually, that the people would trust in God and God would show them mercy because he's a merciful God. And he didn't think these sort of people deserved to go to heaven. But yet God showed mercy. God shows mercy to, um, to Jonah and keeps on leading him back in the right path. He doesn't destroy Jonah right away. He doesn't say, right, if you choose not to follow me, that's it. You're gone. You're dead. I'm knocking you out of the picture. I'll fix somebody else. No. He lets him get on that boat. He lets him buy his ticket and get on the boat and head the, the wrong way. And um, he keeps, keeps him going. And he keeps him alive. He shows mercy. An undeserved favor from God. Something... We all need it, times, Because we all sometimes choose fear rather than faith. We all sometimes live in that uncertainty and we go, yeah, God, but what if? Why are you asking me to do this? I don't think this is right. I don't think this is the best path. God, and we just question and we question and we question. And God keeps showing mercy and keeps showing mercy and keeps showing mercy. He shows mercy even to those who live with fear instead of faith. Jonah's faith here was was weak. He was filled with and he was controlled by fear. And yet, God shows him mercy. But God also showed mercy even to people who didn't know him, to, to non-believers. And we see here the, the sailors who were going along with Jonah in the boat. And as they get out to, into the waters, this raging storm starts coming. Now, this is a storm that the sailors themselves were afraid that they were about to die. These are experienced sailors. They, they knew what they're doing on the boat, and yet they're, they're scared to death that this is the end for them. And they're trying to throw everything they can overboard to, to lighten the load, and they're trying to, uh, to navigate through the storm as best they can. And uh, they finally said, right, we need to figure out what's at the bottom of this. Let's find this guy named Jonah. Where is he? Everybody else is helping out with here. And they went and they found Jonah uh, downstairs asleep in the boat. And they, they wake him up and they kind of say, what's, uh, what's going on here? We're trying to, to cast lots and determine uh, whose fault this is. And all that falls on Jonah. 
And Jonah says, they said, who are you? And what are you running from? And he said, oh, well, I'm a Hebrew and my God is the one who, creates the, uh, who created the water and who creates the storms and stuff. And they said, what have you done? What have you done? And they start uh, living in fear. And finally, Jonah says, well, look, if you just throw me overboard, that'll calm the storm. That's pretty odd advice, isn't it? I know you're throwing everything else. You, you've thrown all the, everything except for the kitchen sink overboard. Just throw me overboard and all the storm will stop. Now, these guys are pretty experienced on the boat. They've never heard advice like that before. Yes, lighten the load in different ways, but not if you throw this guy over, all of a sudden the storm will stop. But Jonah says, look, I'm, I'm running away from God, so just throw me over. And they say, well, they didn't believe that at first. And they tried again any way they could to, um, to lighten the load and to, to navigate through the storm. And finally, in verses 14 and 15, they, they decide there's no other choice than to throw Jonah overboard. And they cried out to God and said, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. They said, look, this is, you know, he says, just throw him over and the storm's going to stop. We're going to do that, God. We can't see any other way. God, don't, don't hold this against us if he dies in the storm. Of course they thought he was going to die in the storm. It's this raging storm around, us, around him. And then they, they threw him in. And what happens? As soon as they throw him in, there's calm. Verse 15 says, They took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. Verse 16, At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Well, it's great. A result of the mercy God shown that God protected these people. Now, they, they weren't Christian people. They weren't followers of God. In fact, they were probably followers of different gods. And they're like, whose God would do this? What's going on? And they finally determined, you know, Jonah says, hey, that's me. It's me. My God's the one that created the waters. He created the storms. He created everything. And I'm trying to run away from him. And they said, oh, you know, what have you done? And Jonah says, just throw me overboard and the, the waves will stop. The storms will stop. And they do that. And God causes them to be safe. He causes the storm to stop. And they're safe as they've done what Jonah says God wants them to do. And for that mercy, we see their hearts change. Because of the mercy God has shown to them, we see how immediately they bow down in reverence to God, and they offer sacrifice to Him and start making vows to Him. You see, God's mercy, even for those who, who didn't believe in Him, who didn't know Him and didn't trust in Him. And we see, finally, in this chapter, we see God's mercy, even to those who, at the end of the rope, Jonah, as we know, had refused to follow God. He ran as far away from God's direction as he could. He wanted to get as far away from what God wanted him to do as possible. He endangered the lives of others along the way. These sailors would have been fine on the ship if it wasn't for Jonah being on that ship to Tarshish. He put others' lives at risk as he was choosing not to follow God. He knew the 
the whole time that they were in danger. He knew the whole time that the storm was raging and they were trying every which way just to stay alive. He knew that all of this was his fault and was due to his disobedience. And finally, finally they tossed him overboard into this raging storm, into a sea that they thought would be for him certain death. And it doesn't get much worse than that, does it? He's thrown in the middle of this raging storm in the middle of the sea. And all the, the sailors, they're saying, all right, God, forgive us for killing him. Forgive us for taking his life, but we don't see any other option. And they throw him overboard. Jonah was at the end of his ropes. And it seems like it doesn't get any worse than this. He's now, they're going, all right, see you. I'm sorry, we have to, we have to take your life. We have to kill you. But uh, we're going to have to throw you overboard. And they throw him into the sea. And he's in the middle of this raging sea, the waves crashing around, when he's first tossed in. And he thinks, well, this doesn't get any worse. Then the, the storm calms. The storm calms, not the storm calms. <laughs> the storm calms. And um, maybe Jonah's sitting there and he's going, oh, that wasn't so bad. Thanks, God. And then it comes this massive fish up and swallows him. And it begins, sorry, it ends this chapter by saying this. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, believe it or not, God once again showed Jonah mercy. You might say, well, how in the world is this mercy? He's just been eaten by a big fish. God, in, in ways that only God can do, allowed Jonah not to be killed in this storm, as he could have been instantly, not to have drowned at, uh, in the waters, as he could have instantly, but to have survived in the belly of this well, uh, the belly of the fish, for these three days and three nights. Now, just so you know, this is one of those areas of the Bible that theologians have debated for generations. And many people have said, oh, there's no way that some fish could come up and swallow Jonah and him live in the, the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. So many people years and years and years ago thought, well, it must have been a pretty big fish. It must have been a whale. And so we've created the story that Jonah was swallowed uh, by a whale. Now, now scientists are looking at that and saying, well, a whale wouldn't have swallowed him. A whale couldn't have swallowed him and him survived in that way. Uh, but they're constantly, through, uh, through sciences, figuring out that there are ways that, uh, that Jonah could have survived in, um, in these fish for, for these days. They're saying now it could be, <clears throat> could be a whale shark or a great white shark. And uh, many of you who, uh, who may have seen some of these on television might say, yeah, that makes sense. They've seen creatures... Uh, even bigger than a, a grown man swallowed whole by uh, well, whale sharks and great whites. It could have been, some say, well, it could have been a creature that God created just to swallow Jonah that's uh, not around anymore and we don't know about. We don't know exactly how God did this. We do know, uh, and we'll see in, uh, in next week's story, how Jonah is in the, the belly of the fish and he's praying, and he's talking to God. And after these three days, God causes this fish 
to spit him up on the shore. In fact, the Bible says to vomit him up onto the shore. And he gets up from there and goes and does God's work. Even when Jonah was what seemed to be like the end, it seemed like everything was hopeless for him. He had gone away from God. This is God's servant. This is God's faithful one. And he had just gone completely against God's will, completely against God's way. He had endangered others along the way. He had drugged them into the mess with him. And now it seems like his very life is at the end. God shows mercy. What an awesome God we serve. He is full of compassion and so rich in love. He shows mercy to sinful people, offering them life through Jesus Christ. He offers mercy to those who live in fear rather than faith. He continues to show them His faithful love. He offers mercy to those who don't know Him and gives to each one an opportunity to hear the good news that we have through Christ Jesus, a peace like you've ever known. And He turned the raging storm for these sailors who didn't know Him into a calm and lets them know of the peace that they can have in Him. He shows mercy to people even when they're at the end of the rope. He shows them life everlasting to any who will trust in Him. He shows that although the world, although the world may say this is it, this is the end, surely He's gone. And there's no doubt as sailors watched on they threw Jonah overboard. They see the, the, the storm calm down. And they say, oh, maybe he'll be all right. Then they see this huge fish come up and swallow Jonah. Like, oh, maybe he's not going to be all right. He's gone. He's in the belly of this big whale or this big fish. And they swallowed him up. Although it seemed to the world that his life was over, probably seemed to Jonah like, well, this is it. God showed mercy. And we will see throughout this book, over and over and over again, the great and the awesome mercy of our God. And I think we need need to be reminded of that as a church. Why? Because we need that mercy. Because at different stages of our life, we can find ourselves sometimes on the paths of each of these people. Sometimes you just don't believe in God at all. At one stage, you didn't know Him as your Lord and Savior. And you had doubts maybe whether he was real or maybe he could be trusted. And, and God's continued to show mercy to you, to give you life, to give you breath, to give you an opportunity to come and to know him. Maybe uh, at times uh, you were called by God to serve in a way and yet you were, you were following him in fear rather than in faith. You weren't really sure if God knew what he's talking about. You, you thought quite certain that you had a better plan than God did. And you'd rather follow your way than his. And you've gone down a wrong path that's made a mess of things, maybe even endangering others or involving others in a life. And come to the end of the ropes to realize God continues to show mercy. God is forever faithful. We, we're so bad at faithfulness. We're so bad at, at, at consistently following God, consistently trusting God. We thank God for the blessings and we thank God for those answered prayers and then the next time we're going to pray for something, we doubt that He's going to do it. And it amazes me how many times as a church we're, we're surprised when God answers the prayers. We're saying, oh, praise God for that. Praise God that, um, that He's answered that prayer and that He's provided the blessing and the hope that you need. What a great God we serve. 
And, and it's wonderful to acknowledge that, but then the, the interesting thing is the church is in, we forget to trust Him for the next thing. We, we forget to claim those promises and claim God's faithfulness and trust in His mercy and grace to be there for us over and over and over again. I want us to see as a church, God is a God of mercy. Even for those who don't always follow Him. For those who don't know Him. For those who do know Him. And yet, you're not fully following Him in faith. For those who decide to go your own path sometimes, you don't really trust in God completely. And you make a mess of things, you're at the end of your rope. God continues to show mercy. Every day of our Christian journey, every day of our life, God shows mercy. 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 And as we explore through this book, you'll see in every chapter, on every page, God shows mercy. Why is that important for us as a church? Because we are sometimes an unfaithful people. We sometimes are, are failing in our love for God. And we need to understand that even when we go on that wrong path, God is forever showing us mercy. God will forever provide forgiveness and hope. And our life with Him, the eternal life and the hope that we have with Him, is secure. Not because of our faithfulness to God, but because of His mercy. Because of His faithful love. Because of what Christ has done for us at Calvary. That forever, forever wipes that slate clean. Forever washes away our sins. And our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. For any who believe in Jesus Christ can be saved, not because of what we've done, not because of how great we've lived, but because of the amazing mercy of our great God. Let's just pray. God, I just thank you and I praise you for, for stories, crazy stories like, like Jonah, who um, was unfaithful to you, although he's called by you to serve. And God, we thank you for the way that you continue to show mercy for the way you show mercy to uh, those who you chose mercy, God, for those who, who didn't follow you at first, like the people of Nineveh. You chose mercy, God, for, uh, for those who, whose faith failed you. You show mercy, God, for people even at the end of the ropes when it seems like there's no hope. You show mercy and grace. Thank you, God, for the mercy that you show to each of us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us be a fragrant offering for you. And any who trust in Him can have life and hope, not because we deserve it, not because of our faithful living, but because of your mercy and your grace. Thank you, God, for your unfailing love for us, for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.